Welcome, welcome to another episode of The Writer's Room. I am your host, Navarlene. We have a lot to get into today, so we're going to go straight into the Black Reel. So on today's Black Reel, we have 50-year-old Blackish star Marseille Martin. According to a Deadline report, Martin is getting her own mini talk show on a short-form streaming service called Quibi. According to the site, the set for the the set for Tiny Talk Show will be one sixth the size of a normal talk show set. It will be produced by Genius Entertainment, which Martin runs with her pa- parents, and she will be an executive producer for the show. So, rounds of applause for Marseille Martin. Okay, she's doing big things at such a young, tender age and showing black little girls that listen anything is possible and i am loving the energy and all the things that she's putting out there for our people so rounds of applause for marseille all right so the next person we have is beyonce i know you guys have all seen it black is king thank you so much. I'm ha- just personal on a personal level. I have to say thank you to Beyonce for actually putting this visual album out. Okay, this album is based. If you if you don't know, you should know though. Is uh, a visual album for the album The Gift that came out after The Lion King. All right, and let me tell you the wardrobe. Everything was just, listen, on point, you know. And her coming out with this at, at such a pivotal time in which our, all of some of our spirits are really, really low. Like, and seeing these visual images celebrating Black culture and African culture and also prompting people to go back to their roots in um explore african culture a little bit more and not just african culture because there's there are different um uh, musical artists that have been popular for so long and now they're also being more what is it called more seen by us in the u.s like i knew about these artists way before because my husband is Ghanaian and has some friends in the Ghanaian nigerian community and so i've been exposed to the culture and the music and stuff like that so this was this album this visual album did it for me completely and um i have to thank her so much for putting out um visual visuals music everything to empower our people because we definitely need it now more than ever so thank you if you haven't checked it out go check it out um i have to say my favorite song on there is brown skin girl that's gonna be my anthem like when i have my daughter it's gonna be me and her anthem okay so check it out and um if you're looking for a way to uplift your spirits okay all right, so now we're going to move on to the rough draft.
All right. So for today's rough draft, I wanted to discuss a story that came out about two weeks ago involving Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez. Um, the story, as told, indicates that the both of them attended a party at Kylie Jenner's house. And the night ended with Megan Thee Stallion in the hospital to remove two gunshot wounds. or I'm not sure the number, but a couple gunshot wounds to the foot and the leg. Um, and Tory Lanez ended up in jail for illegal, for illegal possession of a firearm. Now, the assumption or what's been floating around is that Tory Lanez was the one who, in fact, shot Megan Thee Stallion. Um... The part of this story that I wanted to talk about was the response on social media and from figures, artists, uh, influencers, um, such as 50 Cent, Andrea Michelle from Basketball Wives. Um, 50 Cent was posting up memes. Dre Michelle was finding herself romanticizing the situation, saying that she, that's that Bobby and Whitney type of love. Now, I have to say that I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised. Um, to make fun of our pain, that's just not it. It's not it. Um, to be shot at, uh, for for anyone to romanticize that or make fun of it, it just further highlights to me that black women in our pain is just ignored, not taken seriously, and I wish that we would do better. Um, I wish that we check the people who choose to make fun or downplay these types of situations. Now, Megan Thee Stallion came out and expressed her feelings in regard regarding the situation that occurred. And one of the things that we can take away from this is that we have to learn to be selective about the people we keep around us. Um, especially as black women, we need to make sure that we are in spaces in which we feel protected by the people that we interact with. Um, and I hope that Megan Thee Stallion um, moving forward will be, she said this, that she would be more selective about who's in her group and, you know, and protecting her space and her energy. But yeah, that's the rough draft for today. We're going to move straight into the writer's room. All right. Oh, welcome back. We're going to step into the writer's room. And on today's table of contents, we're going to be talking about the conceptual ideology of the strong black woman. What prompted me to actually talk about this today was a post that I saw on Instagram. I'm going to try my best to describe this post. But... It's a, if you haven't already seen it, it's a, a picture of a hand in water. And there's four pictures of the hand in water. And in the first picture, it's a hand that's like out of water. You only see the hand, but you, 
you only see the hand and it says black women dealing with trauma and suffering so clearly the hand in what means that the person is drowning right and then you see in the second picture a hand that's reaching to that other hand and it's called society and instead of grabbing and pulling out you know the third picture is that the society giving you a clap or um slap on the hand to congratulate you for your strength it says you're so strong and then in the last picture the hand is disappearing into the water i as a bl black woman that really resonated with me because <laughs> the idea of the strong black woman is something that almost every woman I know has experienced it like the pressures associated with that and I think about my recognition of that pressure because I remember I used to feel proud of it and it's something that I should be proud of but then it became something that I resented a little because I eventually became completely exhausted I don't know if any of you guys have experienced this with me but this is my experience as a black woman and I wanted to share that with you guys today because I know that there are other women out there who may have felt this at some point in time. I have three brothers. And I love my brothers. But I can, I can see I have so many experiences that I can touch on that, that further tells me that my experience and their experience was different in the sense that my parents or my mother there was a higher expectation for me there and even from them even from my brothers in particular there was a higher expectation from them oh you got this you can handle this and then i'm just left alone <laughs> i'm left alone with the bag man and so I wrote a poem. I wrote my feelings down and I wanted to share this what I wrote with you guys today. I call it lean on me. Okay? So I'm going to start now. Lean on me. The strong black lead. I'll hold on to everything you carry while my baggage awaits claim. While my trauma and yours become one and the same. I'll hold you up even when my shoulders are tired. I'll hold you up because that's how I've been wired. I've been wired to believe that if not me, then who? That what's your job is mine to do. Push everything I need aside until it gets done. And you say I'm strong because of how many battles I've won. How many battles I've seized, but then forget the unattended weeds is the exact reason why you will call me angry. And unwittingly ask me why I'm so stressed. 
I've been drowning and you didn't notice or care, expecting my tired shoulders to pull me up for air. I want you to understand this perspective. Imagine all this and I'm still not respected. I'm still not doing enough of your job. I'm still being the bigger person from my soul brother that my mother asked me to be, completely disregarding that this generational tradition is partly the reason why this brother doesn't know what it means to work. I'm talking about the work of building the emotional intelligence that could possibly break the cycle of broken homes. The emotional intelligence my father lacked that made him think it was okay to leave his family alone. We gave him breaks that the world wouldn't. But it only showed me the silent internal breaks of a strong black woman. The black woman who experiences more than what you do, but carries it in her shoulders, her hips, and her chest, than for you to turn around and not give her more but less. Ask yourself, is it I or the less work you have that you adore? The less work you have to do that helps you, that keeps you asking for more out of me. Excuse me while I go tend to my weeds because it stops today. Without us, you're, you're destined to find your way. It'll just require the burden and work we carried. But this time, you'll lean on the Alpha and Omega who bore this cross before he was buried. Okay. So that was it, y'all. That's what I wrote. And... Um, I want to turn the page to how can we cope with this? Um, or I can just share my experience coping with this and how I was able to become more cognizant of the boundaries that I needed to set for myself. And so these are some of the things that I did and you can also do. And I hope that this will prompt you to to look into how you can take better care of yourselves, especially when there is so much pressure to be strong all the time, even though like you should be allowed to say no or be allowed to take a minute. And not to constantly be going and going and going and going. So these are just some of the some of the practices that I that I started doing when I started to look more into this. First, I I needed to get to know myself. And it's important to be honest about your needs and your wants. When I say get to know myself, I'm talking about sometimes when you're always taking care of everyone else, you forget about what exactly it is that you want. You know, because you're used to being this particular role in which you are carrying everyone. You're carrying everything for everyone. You're being the fixer. You're putting your cape on. Okay. And so then in that, and and sometimes when you're doing that, you lose, or for me, I, I lost 
I lost what it is exactly that I wanted for myself and for my life because it was consumed with everyone else. And I didn't know where or how to find the balance. So the first step for me was to, okay, get to know myself and be honest about what I need and also what I want. And then the second tip I have is to take a minute before you grab your cape and think about how it will affect you. You know, when you are used to always getting up, getting up, getting up anytime you are asked to do that, to work, to do, to carry, to carry people's burdens, people's problems, help, help, help all the time. And that's what you're known for at your family. You known you're known to to be that person. Right. You forget. Yourself. So and you forget the things that you need to tend to for yourself for you to be okay and you forget that if you're not okay then you can eventually you won't be able to to function right so i want you to take a minute before you grab that cape and then ask yourself is your tank empty or is it full can you can you give this time And how do you actually feel? Do you feel obligated? Because a lot of times when we do these things, we feel obligated to do it. And you, and trust me, sometimes you are taught to be obligated. <laughs> that, hey, if you don't do this, then you're a terrible person. You're not a terrible person for taking care of yourself. I think it's really important to think about these questions before we pick up that cape, okay? Just the... The other thing I, I um, want us to pay attention to is the guilt. The guilt that's associated with finally saying no or finally saying that I am I can't do this, I don't want to do this, and I just, you know, dropping everything it is that you have to tend to everyone else, okay? And there's that guilt because, again, that's something that you're used to doing. So I want you to think about that guilt, where it comes from. For me, where that came from was if if it doesn't get done, if I don't do it, then it's not going to get done. And all this horrible crap is going to happen. I needed to let go of the fact that I was, that the livelihood of the people in my life depended on me. That they didn't have the tools or were not capable of holding themselves up or figuring it out, you know. I and the thing is, you can help, but sometimes I didn't help. I just took it all on. Don't take it all on. Provide assistance. Assistance is okay if if you have the time to do it, right? So again, that guilt is gonna take time, and I and sometimes you're gonna have to sit with it, but then you have to teach yourself. It's okay. It's okay because remember. It's something you've learned for. It's something you've been programmed and you've learned to do. It's to feel guilty. So give yourself some grace. And you're not a terrible person for taking care of yourself.
and pulling out the weeds in your life that need to be pulled out. Okay. Um, finding balance. You can, I think at first when I finally realized, okay, I need to learn to start setting boundaries for myself and not being that person, that person, that, oh, yes, this person that takes on so much. I think it was time to say there needs to be balance here. There needs to be balance. And, and whatever relationship that you guys have, another tip is to ask for what you need and ask for what you want. Because people are comfortable coming to ask you what they need and ask you what what they want. They want they they're comfortable with that. So I want you to ask the people that are integral in your life in the same way you are in theirs to be comfortable or learning to be comfortable to ask for help and ask so it's uh have a reciprocal relationship. Determine if your relationships are reciprocal and in what ways can you um alter them and and change them or bend them into something that's reciprocal and then in the end if i mean hey take a minute rest and restore we need to learn how to do that i had to learn how to do that rest and restore because when i'm rested and i'm restored this i i am so much more productive and that's something that I need to get comfortable with. And there's different ways, different things that people can think people rest and restore. So it, I want you to look into or research or do practice some of the things that gives you rest and helps you restore your soul, helps you restore yourself. Um, for me, it was sleep. It was um, writing. It was exercise it was meditation it was you know being intentional about what I put in my body and how it affects my mood it was also I um projects I love DIY projects you know I don't know why but that's something I'll do so whatever it is that whatever gives you that feeling of rest and restoration, I want you to um, intentionally take take action and carve out some time for that. Okay? Uh, that is all I have for you guys today. I hope that you have taken some of what I said and I hope that it will prompt you to look more into this and prompt you to write your story a little bit different okay that is all for today's episode don't forget to email the podcast at writersroompod at gmail.com um write in some letters tell me what you think give me some feedback i would love to hear from y'all all right that's all for today goodbye